This is Mogul Talk. <laughs> you already know what it is. It's your boys. Yo, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, the sauce, aka the shit that be dripping down your girl's face. Wow. The shit that be, you be dipping mozzarella sticks in. Oh my or gosh. the swag that you be having when you put on your Air Max 95s. You know, curve something on these niggas. You know, it's winter time. Shout out to Timberlands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. What up? What up, King Jules? Oh, um, I'm going to have our simpler introduction. It's your boy, King Jules. That's it. You already know what it is. You already <laughs> know the vibes. YKTV. Um, we're back here for another episode of Mogul Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you guys for listening to episode one of season two. Swag. We're going to be hitting it with, uh, you know, one every single week. Uh, we are now doing video. You know what it is. Thank you guys for joining us. Hope Shout out to again. YouTube, Revolt TV. Yeah, you it's know. your boy Charlamagne, the guy, DJ Envy, Angel Lee. <laughs> this is the breakfast, the, the, the breakfast Club. Um, and <laughs> we'll just, you know, be stepping it up from here. But something I got to tell all of y'all is um, uh, when, when did y'all fucking think that a 10-year challenge was going to make y'all get more clout? Seriously, some of these 10-year challenges that I've seen have been straight basura, okay? <laughs> basura. And if you don't know what basura is, it is trash in Spanish, okay? It's my little bit of Spanish that I actually speak. Some of y'all, some of y'all look worse. Honestly. Right? Some of y'all, I can still see the stretch marks when you had a baby at 16. Right? Wow, so you're really calling out niggas that, I mean, we can still see niggas who <laughs> never really grew up, bro. I can still see- out here <laughs> pants sagging, looking crazy. I can still see the fake uh, Prada sneakers you on. That you had last, t- last 10 years and you put them on another pick. That's them fake space jams. <laughs> you was flexing just, for the kids. I'm just hating. I'm just hating. Because, you know, honestly, I wanted to do a 10-year challenge with my boy King Jules over here. But he was like, nah. You know why? Because we don't see... The, this is the power of social media. Like, you don't realize, like, how much power social media has. And, like, everybody is just, like... The mentality of a follower is really ingrained in people's heads. Where, like... We're also concerned about like Instagram followers, Twitter followers, clout, clout, Instagram, and you know what that has everything to do with our ability to absorb something that somebody's given us and then go with it. So for somebody who ever came up with that ten year challenge, they could have been harmlessly saying, "Oh, look, this is a transformation of look. What if I lost a lot of weight in the past ten years, or I grew, or I recovered from something?" And you're doing this challenge, and who knew that that challenge is going to go viral enough for where. Everybody in the world is trying to do a 10-year challenge, and now every follower is doing it. And it's like the impact that it's ha- having. Nah, right? definitely. It's so strange. Like, why did it happen now, 2019? Or, like, why did it happen in 2020? Or, I mean... Is there a committee for these challenges? Because right before that, we had the Bird Box Challenge. Now, the 10-year challenge is a little bit better just because nobody's out here getting hurt. you see little three-year-old kids getting knocked into walls just because their parents want a little bit, That's little right. bit of clout. Yeah. Or you blindfolded driving down the street, and then you crash, and now you got a bigger issue. Just because you want an extra 10 likes on your shit. Um, and now you got to go to court because you've gotten into an accident and almost killed another person. You know what I'm saying? I mean... This shit be getting out of hand. It it's really, like the Tide Pod Challenge. It really does get out of hand. And so I, I guess the 10-year was safe. <laughs> I mean, but back. why are we out here doing challenges following people to begin with? Like, I know it's something interesting. Remember the ALS Challenge, the like Mannequin the, Challenge? That was like the original. That was the, the ALS, original. Yeah. And now we were doing something for a good cause, but also, like, people took it out of context. And I think that, like, these challenges show... And celebrities get involved... You know, everybody got it. It's literally, I mean, we, me and Kev just watched the Fire, Fire Festival um, documentary on Netflix. And it's just like watching that, it shows the power of like how persuasive 
we can be on society by doing the minimal, most minimal things. Like you're, you have so much control over people by just doing a 10 year challenge. Imagine that, that Bill, um, Billy McFarlane or whatever had the power to bring like all these rich white kids, Asian kids, everybody, all these little, little rich kids, bring them out down to an island, convince them to spend over close to $10,000 between a ticket funding costs for you know beat them being on the island and everything and convince all these people to go to this island to go to a festival that they've never heard of brand new brand new game throwing all these big names that uh, everybody want to hear all because Kendall Jenner Kendall Jenner put a fucking orange pick on her thing Bella Hadid put an orange pick on her thing like and that's what it is like they were trying to sell a lifestyle mm-hmm. like much like Coachella Coachella is a lifestyle but even Coachella has become just you're just going for the gram because you wanted to take a pic. Yeah, exactly. People just go there for that, and that's what Fire Festival was for mm-hmm. other people. Like, albeit it was only rich kids, because there's people spending eight hundred thousand dollars putting it on their wristband. Bro, I can't afford to put you know seven thousand dollars on a wristband just so I can go to an island and live up this lavish life that I'm not really flexing on. Exactly, exactly, and it really just goes. I mean, he was also a scam artist. Like, that's you know, very Coachella's true. Coachella's not a scam artist. Um, but people try to get it how they get it. That's true. You know what I'm saying? And now you got to face the consequences. Now he's going to be serving six years. Ja Rule is out here uh, looking crazy. You got to be careful what you attach your name to. That Especially ass, like making the investments you make, the brands that you work with, the people that you work with. You can't attach your name to everything. Like People are going to want to give you opportunities, going to want to work with you, going to want to help you. But hey... I can't attach my personal brand to something that, one, I don't believe in. And if I believe in it, then I need to have, you know, 100% that this is either going somewhere. Because if it's not going somewhere, I, I can't invest my time and energy into something that's not going to bring me a positive return. And him doing that, he probably believed, like, yo, I'm putting my name on this festival. I know this is going to blow up. We're going to make money off of this wholeheartedly. And then the dude is out here tweeting today that he got hoodwinked and bamboozled just like the rest of them. Jake shaking my damn head. It's just you can't. Eventually, it does catch up to you. Even look at that kid uh, who was faking uh, being a doctor. And you know, <laughs> he did that shit for like five years. <laughs> Biggest finesse ever. Biggest he finesse. He's trying to be a doctor. Now, I, I, I commend him because, you know, he's just trying to be a doctor, trying to help people. I don't know if he was doing it successfully, but he finessed the game as well. But he really did. it catches up to you. Bernie Madoff, he was doing the pyramid scheme for fucking 50 years. Eventually, it caught up to him. What was Leo? Um, Leo DiCaprio's Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall. What's the, what's the guy's real name? Jamie something. Was it Jamie? I don't remember. I don't remember. But that guy is a perfect example of like that what has. happens. You can't take advantage of people and take a ban- take people's money and like they don't really think about the consequences. Like look at some all- people do. Like you know, like big banks, especially this day and age. Like they definitely take advantage of people. Big pharma, who they fucking their pills. You know, oxy is killing. Thousands of people every single day, and they're still masked behind the fact that they're just a pill company. That's true. Instead of like um, other people who actually are killing people as well, they get their just desserts. Yeah. Unfortunately, so I mean, there there is a part of, of people who do get away with it. You know, like even Bank of America, they fucking uh, they uh, served were able to allow the cartel all over the world to just fund their money through them, like mm-hmm. funnel it through them. And they were using Bank of America and Bank of... Or I think it was HSBC. I'm sorry. HSBC. And they were able to, like, fucking pay their lawyers, mm-hmm. get things pushed off for a court date, get everything set, because they can afford this shit and eventually just have to pay a huge fine. Of, That's true. They're making billions of dollars. Okay, they got to pay $600 million fine, but 
that's nothing for them. They've been making this shit every fucking day. That's it. And um, but other niggas get finesse. The feds, bro, they'll get you. Finesse is a word, bro. It's really a word. Like to be honest, like from companies taking advantage of people to our government to everyday people on the street. You know what I mean? Like I had an interaction with a guy who. This week, um, he was a homeless guy, kind of been on the streets for like the past two months. And he was telling me, you know, like typically he knows like other people who are out in the streets like him who would either go and try to hustle like a dollar from somebody or if they don't get that dollar from that person, they try to rob that person of their belongings or money or whatever. And it's like that level of finesse goes all across the board. And, you know, even, like, people in that position, you know, you don't want to take advantage of somebody. Like, you don't... Karma is a really big thing. From the biggest level to the lowest level, um, whether you believe in God, you know, like, the golden rule, um, these are... The, you, have the, you have a certain way of actions that you have to do that have negative reactions. You have positive reactions. And with that being said, like, hey, you know what? You can't always take advantage of people because it's kind of coming to bite you in the back. Come to bite you in the bass. Yes, yeah. I'm thinking about fish. I'm thinking about bass right now. Um, now nah, it's gonna come to bite <laughs> yeah, you in the I ass. See that fish. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm Rated playing. PG-13. Um, but yeah, it's very true, bro. Nah, yeah, and I'm just trying to think like of people like much like Jarro, like other people who have you know shit went left because they associated with themselves with a brand. I mean, it all comes like what we were talking about last week is you got to know who you're working with. That's true. You got to know who you're working with and you got to be, make 100% sure. You know, it's just like, sometimes I can see like Jaro, maybe he got, they, they got into, it's into deep. And then if you get into deep, it's hard to get out. Mm-hmm. Much like Freeway, Ricky Brick Ross, um, fucking drug kingpin. Eventually, he never got caught for selling drugs. He It was on conspiracy, but... Mm-hmm. Eventually, he could have taken all his money and go to an island away, but no, he decided to keep selling, keep pushing in the streets, and sure. he got caught. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's, but then again, like especially as you know, uh, a black man, like they always trying to take the black man down. And, and that's that's, and that's crazy the crazy thing. thing. Like they, unfortunately, he became the face of it when they didn't know, like. I, up until watching the documentary today, did not know who Billy McFarlane was. I heard that there were some investors that were working with the project, and then they wanted Ja Rule to be the face of the project because he was famous outside of the... He was the the Artist Connect. Artist Connect. Because he was originally on the app where you could book an artist for Mm -hmm. anything. And so that's really... He had the Industry Connect. You needed someone like that. And so with that, I just didn't think that, like, when I, I saw what was happening, I was, like, trash and Ja Rule because, like, hey, look look what you did. But it's, like, seeing it now, it's, like, yo, there's so many people who work behind the scenes that will put you to the, uh, put you up and sacrifice you so they don't get away. Even Billy McFarlane was, like, yo, I'm not going to jail. He, he literally said in the documentary, Facts. like, I'm not going to jail. When he asked his, his friend, like, what's it like to be in jail? And he's, like, you got to go through 23 and 1. When you're first there for a week, you got to go 23, day, 23 hours in a cell and one hour outside. Mm-hmm. And Billy was not prepared for that shit. No, he wasn't. He was, he's not ready to I mean, that. but he's about to do six years, so yeah, it don't matter. he's going to have to. Um, he's about to be loose. <laughs> you know? Um, but in the movie, you see the whole progression of how shit was going to get. There was a point where they had to fucking get the Evian water in through the porch, through customs. 
and, and the dude and asked his friends. I forgot his name. It was I Adam. think it was like a like a financial advisor or whatever yeah. who lived on in the Bahamas. He would like work with Bahamas because you mm. know like a lot of people they fund their com- corporations through banks in the Bahamas, right. so there's no tracking and tracing. And that's who he who he was to them. And the guy, he pretty much was asked that they had a whole shipping crate full of Evian water for the guest. And he gave him the task to go to customs and ask customs to allow it. And pretty much asking the dude, like, hey, you're, he literally said, and I quote, he says, you are our gay fearless leader. I want you to go over there and suck his dick. And the guy, realistically speaking, I just don't understand he why. Himself. He prepared himself. Took a shower. Took a shower. Brushed his teeth. Put some mouthwash. He prepared himself to go there to customs to suck the guy's dick. And I don't know how someone could think that they're going to just accept that. Unless he's gay himself. Did he know he was gay? Like, how, how are you going to pull up? Imagine you're a cousin and this nigga pulls up to you. Yo, I'm going to suck your dick. <laughs> like, Honestly, like don't be a menace to South Central. He's like, yeah. yo, let me suck your dick, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, man. But, you know, I can understand. But he wasn't a crackhead. Nah, he you wasn't. Know? He wasn't. Crackheads will do anything you yeah. know, for that rock. But sometimes you got to do anything for that crack, water. Rock, crack, crack. <laughs> crack, 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 crack. Would you have, would you have taken the the blow job? No, I wouldn't have taken the blow job. <laughs> um, I probably would have. That's just not me. Uh, because like I feel like that. If that's got, illegal. It's one. It's illegal. <laughs> um, that's bribery, do a sexual act. I think. Um, and then with that, like the one, you're literally like. You would feel so disrespected if you would have got on the receiving receiving act of that, and then if uh, the guy who was on the giving act of that, it's like, how can you go on in your job like after that, dealing with that situation? Especially if like he didn't make me come after, I'd be like, yo, come on, son, this is this is, you want me to? I, I'll give you half of the water. Now I'm playing. <laughs> Turns out in the story, uh, the he gave it to guy him. Yeah. Was very very nice. Actually, he didn't have to offer him the blowjob. Yeah, and he just did it. And in promise of getting money first. But it's like, look at that power of control. Like, look how much control that Billy had over that guy to convince him to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then how willing he was to sacrifice. And I feel like with us in today's day and age, there's no real independence. Like, we're all either following somebody, following a trend, trying to copy something that's gone, you know, that somebody's already done or that they're doing. And, like, we're not being independent of ourselves. And I remember watching B.B. King in an interview, and he was talking about how you know like as a musician um the reason why sometimes we're not successful is because when we first start out we're so busy copying somebody else we're always emulating somebody else's sound so think of your favorite rapper or singer when they come out you think like oh wow like pj morton kind of sounds like stevie wonder or this person sounds like patty labelle or this person sounds like that person so there's always that artist comparison to be like okay i gotta listen to that person because they sound like this person and you're never gonna grow if you are in a process of copying and follow somebody else you gotta like come into your own be independent be your own person be your own artist be your own creative um if you spend your time creating copying what other people are already going to do are already doing um you're just going to miss opportunity because you're never going to be become yourself and you're just going to be a carbon copy that's just doing the same thing over and over again Biggie facts you know i mean you know it's like um people want like that's why fraternities exist sororities exist mm-hmm. people want to have a sense of belonging yeah always some people unfortunately can't think for themselves mm-hmm. it sucks especially in this day and age we're so distracted by so much information, distracted by uh, um, our phone, social media, like you got, you need a, someone else's voice to show you, I guess, and really show them 
the first installment when they had all the influencers come to the thing mm-hmm. they were drinking and turning up he was showing them like oh this is possible and if someone shows you something you're more than likely going to follow yeah um it's not going to work for everybody that's why you have people like ted bundy who's about to get a netflix film having a cult mm-hmm. or you have someone like paul pa or, or somebody like r kelly or someone like r kelly like you want that sense of belonging and of course it also there's a psychology to like how you were raised mm-hmm. and everything like that but it's hard it's hard to not be put into that filing system. Even in, like, you watch Fight Club, um, when he's in the beginning, like, doesn't doesn't want to continue with the 9 to 5 shit, and they go join the Fight Club to try and uh, get out of that conforming society, try to break from the norm. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, when the people in Fight Club take over everything, they all become the same person. They mm-hmm. all have the same name. They all have the same haircut, and they just become exactly what they didn't like. Um, and that ends up happening as well like when you try and get something where you think you might be going through the right path and it won't it'll end up biting you in the butt again that's true you know you know what i'm saying i i feel you 100 percent. you know it's just it's just the way of the world and i always feel like with us i don't feel bad though for all the white kids no i, I really don't i feel like this, this is, is crazy that's, that's they're all rich people who got screwed who got screwed it was but this, like, like remember the guy like the guy he Imagine you put a a four thousand dollar pay for a four thousand dollar travel ticket in the show, then put money on your thing. He invested. That was a a seven thousand dollar investment that returned into five million dollars in damages. You know what I mean? And if that is not a smart play, even if rich, poor, middle class, you turn seven thousand dollars into five million dollars just because you because of circumstance this is what you call a flip you know what i mean yeah, hell yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about that but you know i feel like all in 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 life we always want what we can't have or what we don't have you know what i mean we're always trying to attain like something you know whether it's financial status or you know personal status we always want to be higher we always want to be greater and with that you know we're willing to do anything to get that we're willing to sacrifice anything we're willing to give ourselves up and you know that's a really real sad part about it you well, know and i mean what do you why do you think like what causes what's the overall goal though to get that status like I feel like for guys, it's always like, oh, so I could get any girl. Like, well, like, yeah. For for instance, if we think about that, like, not you because you have a girl. Like, so I bless. Know that's not your. But like, you know, motivation. I think that's where we gotta draw the picture from. It's like, what is the motivation behind it? For you know, if we think about beauty or like beauty standards, you know, women always try to attain a certain level of beauty. You know, they want to be comfortable in their skins. They want to be comfortable in their jobs. You know what I mean? They want to be accepted in their family's light, their friend's light, but love to be love to be admired. You know, for guys, we're always trying to be like, yo, how many girls can we bag? How can we impress the next dude? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yo, I got the new Yeezys, or I got these new Jordans, or um, if you're thinking about tech, like, hey, I got this new computer, I got this new phone. You know what I mean? We always want something that we can't have. You know what I mean? I mean, and that's, I feel like in the black community, you know, that stems from us not having mm-hmm. the same and, you know, white privilege versus what we, you know, the black experience. And, you know, a lot of people grew up in poor middle class families, you know, and shout out to the people who were not, you know, brought up in that situation. But like kids that were in poor middle class families, you know, with their obtaining it, they're 
goal is they want to be better than what their parents were Facts. you know they, they want to get out of the projects they want to get out of the hood they want to work a new job a good job they want to have you know the car they want to have the great credit score you know they want to have the girl you know what i mean and like for us in the black community we're always trying to attain that we want better you know what i mean Facts. and that's why we out here breaking our necks to get the $300 jordans or get the $300 yeezys to be finessing and gucci and balmain and all these designer labels where we feel like we're getting a cosign because we have it it's like yo Okay, I see you, my nigga. Like you got those new Yeezys. All right, I see what you what you doing. How you got those Yeezys? You know what I facts, mean. Like facts, I'm facts. watching you because I see you out here and you, on the outside you're flexing. You know what I mean. That's where you you look like you got it, but in in the inside you could be living in a, a roach infested apartment. You that know is. what I mean. Or you could be really self insecure. Um, and them Yeezys ain't gonna get you out of that. And it's not gonna get you out of that. And that's why, like you know, jokingly I say like. If I ever reach a point where I'm rich, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to go stupid with money. I'm literally going to live the same life that I w would live. Because, to, to be honest, like... You know, maybe just a little better car. A little like, better car, better apartment situation, better housing. You know, um, <laughs> eat takeout every day. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know... to you Yeah, you can't change the switch up the lifestyle. You know, um, that's how you'll get something like uh, Jeff Bezos, who doesn't have a prenup. And his wife, they're gonna, he's going to have to probably give her half because he's from Washington, D.C. The law there um, indicates that. So, I mean, with that situation, like... But, like, in law... Well, not in law, but in the court, they're going to be like, oh, you have to make sure she is able to keep up her lifestyle. Her lifestyle, because she this is what she was accu accustomed, accustomed to. Accustomed to. How forever fucked up that may sound, that's what he's going to have to do. Um, I mean, you know, they were married for 30 years. And that, and that's, with that situation, like, I didn't think that, like... 20, 20, I don't know. It wasn't negative. Like, at certain, certain points, you know, like... He fucked up. He cheated on it. He did. Wildin'. But in that situation, like, I think about it is, you built a life with somebody that you loved, whether you fucked up or not, you know what I mean? And whether you guys get divorced amicably or you get divorced and you guys want to kill each other and you're at each other's throats or whatever... At the end of the day, they're entitled to what you have just as much as you are. And I feel like that in that situation, I feel like she is entitled to some of his money. Do I feel like she's entitled to $135 billion? No, because I don't know what she's going to do with $135 billion. billion. Mm -hmm. That's what they were saying that she was going to be getting. No, but, know. you know, making sure that for the rest of her life, yes, she's comfortable. She has a nice house. She has a nice car. She has the same lifestyle. That's understandable. You know what I mean? But I feel like a lot of people, their reception was like, yo, she's got to get $135 billion? Like, for what? What does she do to get that money? It's like... She look for thirty years when this nigga was broke. That he was working out of his garage. They didn't have any money. I'm pretty sure, and I know most women do it when their niggas is doing stuff. They hold it down. Okay, you feel me? You know, like whether it's sacrificing the portion of themselves, you know, sacrificing their home situation or their lifestyle just so they can build the dream. And then once they have the dream, that's when you know that's when the time that you got to repay them. You know what I mean? Seventy billion. But I, I imagine if they sign the prenup. She would still have to get half. Depends what it was, how the prenup was filled out. Sure. Unlike Chris Rock, like he had a prenup, but his only lasted for twenty years, and he was married for like twenty three years, so it was expired, mm. and so he had to end up giving like half of his shit. Um, I mean, nah, I feel you though. Like she probably raised the kids, um, even though he probably could have afforded. Well, I guess not in the beginning, but once he, because he was a millionaire in like ninety nine. Yeah. You know, like once selling books and shit. Um, and although Amazon, yeah, isn't even, like, 
they isn't that it is a profitable company, but they are wasting more than they can make. make they don't yeah. have much cash. Unlike Apple, they got like fifty billion in cash that they can just use. That's why they're investing billions into streaming service now that they're supposedly about to drop mm-hmm. to to compete with Netflix. But um, uh, which I don't even know if that's gonna work. It might because you know what Apple's doing is like now. Alexa can have Apple Music. True. Um, and Samsung and LG TVs now have... Have uh, Apple capabilities. Apple TV. Yeah. And so they're setting it up. They're planting the seeds to potentially try and get the streaming game unlocked. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know. I, I mean... Because there's so many out here. I, Apple has the money to do it and, to and shoot their shot. Do yeah. Um, but um, again, with Jeff Bezos, like, he did fuck up. But I also do understand, yeah, he could just give her the $75 billion because he don't, he don't even need 135 either. What do you need with a billion they, dollars? They don't need, that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't even need it. So if I were him, which it seems like he's doing, I don't know how it is, but he's probably, he's probably going to be like, whatever, have it. And it'll probably all, a lot of it be in stock, mm-hmm. Amazon stock that yeah. she can keep. Um, and if she wants him to turn it into liquid cash and sell her shares, yeah, exactly. she can do that. And like I understand, that's the mother of his kids. If any, if anybody has my kids, they should be good for life. Yeah, you know, always. no matter what. Um, but he, you know, what ends up being your kryptonite is a Latina woman. I see you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> you know, you had to take your girl, your man's girl, but a fifty-year-old Latina woman. He was just probably cooking the fucking. She was cooking, cleaning for this nigga. He felt so appreciated. That's what you got to do. You got, you got to appreciate your man. And his his ex probably didn't appreciate him enough. He's like, I have to get this Latino person. But you know what, <laughs> what it is? It's, no, nah, I don't think it's that. No, nah, I, I don't. But, you know, sometimes that these niggas, they just be making wrong decisions out here. Fellas be making... Where did he get the time, bro? I know this nigga is busy. I'm pretty sure his schedule is broken up into five-minute increments. It has to be. Where did this nigga get the time to go and fuck another... another you make time to do what you want to do. I'm telling you, make time. You make time, like for, with your friends. You make time to hang out with your friends. You work a five day work week, two days off on a weekend, and you still make time to go hang out with your friends. Facts. Do your homework, or if you're in school, make time to go you take know, dance class, go to the gym. You make time for the shit that you want to do. But um, I, I mean, since we were talking about brands, like um, I noticed recently with um. I saw some tweets from uh, Def Jam and from BET, and I kind of, like, the thought was just, like, um, are these brands losing their touch? I think the tweet was, like, um, Def Jam was asking who was, like, the next artist up in Chicago. In Chicago, right? And then BET had a similar tweet, but it was related to, like, a content... It was like a video or something like and that. And everybody's like, I thought that was your job. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, hey, look, pick uh, they, it, they, fire they, your whole A&R team, our team hit me up, and we'll build an A&R team for you. We'll make you, we'll, we'll tell you who those artists who are up next are. Dead ass, yo. Especially now in the internet age, like. It should be so easy to find up the art, find the like, artist yo, who's up next. Yo, just go to complex.com and you could find something or go to SoundCloud. True. Get the top hundred people who are on there in Chicago mm-hmm. that are buzzing. Go, I don't know, call Chicago. You just you have Def Jam money. You can just fly to Chicago, go to one of the chances open mics that he'd be having every Wednesday and see who the fuck is doing something, you know? Like, I can understand it's just a tweet, but you guys also, the criticism is real. It's, like, are these it's brands accurate. out of touch? And like, 
for Def Jam and for BET, they've been a part of like the black experience for a very long time. Def Jam has been a part of hip hop culture for over 40 years. You know what I'm saying? Um, BET has been the pinnacle of black culture for right now for the past 30 years, you know, with, with their um, beginning. And with that, it's like, yes, I've noticed and maybe you've noticed, too. The quality of BT has went down after 106 and Park died. Like, I mean, they came back up with the new edition shit. I mean, that, but that, like, that was just one thing. That was the, they, they, their comeback was docuseries and yeah, like yeah, big facts. event movies. And that was good, but like, there was no consistency. And I was talking to Allison the other day, but like, yo, look how important was. Um, 106 and Park was to the music culture in general. You know what I mean? Like you, I didn't know about what new, who dropped a new music video, who dropped a new single. A lot of world premieres came out on there. Great performances came out on there. We found got exposed to the Freestyle Friday and new rappers, hey. and it's like, yo, really, like we need that in the culture. Um, and it's just like now that they kind of take that away from us, we're losing sight of what we need, and then now they're kind of reaching back us out to us to be like, what do we need? Yeah, the reason I feel like. The A and R position, like I guess, is dead now. Is because before that, artist development died. True. And nobody wants to develop artists anymore. They just want to see who is viral, mm -hmm. who may put themselves on. Which I, I appreciate. You know, we, we got to put ourselves on. I understand that, but um, that's not how it always was. And it's it, mm, or what? I don't know. No, no, I agree with you. Yeah, like um, and so. If one, they're not having artist development to try and... Even though I feel like there are artists who have more developed, like SZA, I feel like she was developed. Her new album, Control, didn't... It took a while to drop after Z, her EP, came out four years before that. True. You know, they were developing her. I understand that. And, you know, she does need vocal lessons. But, <laughs> like... And so I, I can understand that. But other than that, you just... They just want a bad Bobby, you know. Oh, Atlantic. I see this person's buzzing on the internet. They went viral. We're gonna sign them. Get them a ghostwriter. You know that just seems to be the case. There are other rappers though. You know, you got your uh, JIDs because mm -hmm. J Cole is authentic. He's gonna get authentic people. Um, who else? I don't Bass. Know. Yeah, Bass. I mean, that's Dreamville. Dreamville, it is. And so is TD. TD is gonna be the shit. You know, they just had I forgot TD's new nigga though. Um, Reason. Reason. Yeah. You know, Reason is cold. You know, and he seems authentic. But actually, you know what it is is. The record labels in general. So we like back in the day, we had like the big three, which were at. I mean, yeah, the big three, which is like Universal, Sony, and EMI, and then EMI became Sony. But Universal and like they merged. Sony, Universal, and Columbia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So with that being said, it was like a point where labels were not trying to invest the money back into artists because. Back in the 80s and 90s, I feel like they were trying so hard to invest in so many artists at one one time that they were investing into artists that had maybe a one-hit wonder mm -hmm. or artists that had a one great album and then fell off the face of the earth. And really think about like... The 90s was a great pinnacle time for music, but think about how many one-hit wonders came out in the 90s. How many oh, yeah. artists that like blew up really, 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 really fast and then died out just as fast as they came out. You know what I mean? And labels, they saw the backlash of that in the early 2000s where they were just like, you know what? We can't afford this. And yeah. with, with the, let's, to be honest, if you've ever seen the um, Defiant Ones documentary, you know, um, Jimmy Iovine and D Dr. Dre were talking about how after the early 2000s, they, they thought that the music industry was going to die. Mm. Um, and, you know, Apple kind of paved the way 
to bring back the music industry with iTunes and the iPod. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That kind of opened the door, you know, to the streaming platform eventually that we have today. But think about it before, you know, they were they were ready to call it quits on Especially the record business. Especially with the legal downloads on the internet. Like, yeah, LimeWire, Lime Wire, Napster. Napster. Um, definitely they were ready to call it quits. FrostWire. Um, and I mean, probably even like before that, like they probably, because in the 80s and 90s, the budget for music videos... Well, you like, would spend like a, like a million dollars on yeah, a music video. And now you'll be lucky if you get a 20, uh, like 50K for, for, a, for a video. For, not even just for a video. You really think about it, like the your big artists, they just get in like maybe like $1 million, $2 million advances. And that will cover their recording of their project, the touring, the videos, treatments, and the promotion and marketing and distribution and radio play. And that's all the, the, the record labels are willing to give you, $2 million at best. And we see what you can do with that $2 million. And if you can turn that $2 million around with sales and streaming and all of that, yo, we're going to give you, maybe give you a little bit more to see how much how much the budget can spread and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, like, record labels, they weren't really willing to take that risk. And even right now, like, you know, the fact that they have to have, they're looking for people who have 100,000 plus followers and have, you know, certain amount of streams on Spotify and Apple Music and SoundCloud and um their project did this number and all of this extra shit it's like they want to have an artist that already has the work done for them so all they got to do is just put their hand little hand in and say hey i'm gonna take a small percentage of what you got just to help you to get this started and then everything else you got to cover it it's all yours and that's why you see more now than ever like artists are making their own labels under bigger labels right, like right, right. hey my name is kaylani and i'm doing my own label under atlantic and then atlantic is you know, under Universal, under Warner, which is under Universal. And it's like, when you really think about it, like, how many niggas is really touching your money before you actually get it? If you, Universal is the top, right? So Universal, then it goes down to Warner. Warner touches your money. Then Atlantic touches your money. Then Kehlani herself touches her money, your money, before she distributes it out to your label. And then you are the artist that she's putting on. And imagine that you're working with some artists or low-key producers on the side that's helping you to put your project on. So you're touching your their money before they actually get it. Facts. And it's a whole cycle and it's an endless chain. pyramid and chain of, of this going on. It's crazy. And those top people are getting paid. They're gonna the money is gonna be cut for them first than yours. First, too. so okay. if that two million dollars that they giving you, I'm pretty sure that you like you know it's like when they say you win the lottery and you win five million dollars, but after two taxes, half of that is gone, and you mm-hmm. actually get two million, and then that's all you got left to split up between that between yeah. yourself and everybody else that you gotta look out for. Nah, it, it is like um, and. And much like even like festivals, uh, back going back to festivals, they don't see profit within like their first or second year. They have to really have to where they make sure everything everything gets finally perfect perfected. They'll finally turn that profit for mm-hmm. their investors after like the third year. Yeah, um, that groundwork needs to be done in order for um, you, I guess, if you put yourself on. Like, look at Chris Brown. Finally, he just got a new deal um, after doing ten albums on RCA and. Now he has a new deal with RCA and he finally is now owning his, his masters. masters. Um, took fucking how long? 2005, Chris Brown came out? It's 2019. You know, whatever. But not a lot he didn't of people have any leverage. Yeah, no, not a lot, a lot of people own their masters. Like the fact that um, the Beatles catalog was owned by Michael Jackson. Yeah, you know what I mean? Them. He bought their catalog. So and imagine they came out way before he did. So after that, like imagine twenty year old, thirty year old, forty year old Michael Jackson being in control of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. 
That's and their masters doing. and how their music is released and how it's it's marketed and everything. His estate is in control of that. You know what I mean? That's where the money is, bro. Publishing. It's always been in the publishing, but people don't think that. People think, and that's why, like, the whole system of people trying to like jump in the music industry and be like, "Yo, I want to be an artist. I want to be a producer. I want to do this. I want to do that." The money's not in being an artist. The only way the money's in being an artist is if you're touring and if you got endorsement deals or mm-hmm. you're working with brands. As a producer, the money for a producer is in the publishing. The publishing that you get from the songs, the publishing that you get from working with people on the albums and stuff like that. Um, working for publishing companies, that's where the money is Fact. because that's what's keeping track. Sync licenses, so licensing for movies, television, um, Spotify playlists, stuff like that, commercial spots, like that's where the money comes from. But people don't know that they just think like yo the migos we out here you know i see their fast life i want that you want to be that nigga that's making money for the rest of his life not making the money right now sir sir makes a lot baby got back i promise you definitely gets a thousand sample clearances run by him like a day mm-hmm. like you got one song and that shit is gonna last you the rest of your life like mm-hmm. even anaconda who ended up becoming a second uh a song, number two song on the hot 200 um Sir Mix is getting that money. Mm-hmm. There's countless commercials, countless movies that are using that shit. Mm-hmm. Countless, I don't even know what else it could be used for. And he's making that money back. Yep. Uh, Sting, freaking Juice World uh, for Lucid Dreams. Mm-hmm. He's sampling Sting on that. Sting is making 90% of the money on yep. that shit. Mm-hmm. And then that 10%, you know, Juice World, whatever, might not need it, might not care because he's touring or whatever. But honestly, like, their producers, who aren't touring or anything like who that? Who take a smaller percentage? Take a smaller percentage. The advantage is not going to help them as much, and they're going to be tight. Mm-hmm. You know that's why his producer was, you know, uh, saying shit on Twitter like, "Oh my God, I'm only getting like mad little. Sting is taking ninety percent of my shit." Um, but that's where the money is. But you got to also know, and for young producers, is that. Yes, you can want a sample, but knowing how much of a sample to use, and also Fact. to know, okay, you're working with an artist, okay. The artists say they pay you a set amount of money. So say the artist is paying you $500 for that beat. You take a $500 upfront cut. But also in the deal, you can talk like, I want to keep the publishing and owning of the rights of the, the, the beat while you only get the rights to what you wrote. Because a lot of times now is that the artists are buying licensing, exclusively licensing these beats and that they're giving away, the beat makers are sometimes giving away all their rights to the artist for that $500 payout. And then the artist walks away and then the beat maker doesn't get anything. For example, I had a guy who I knew he was working with designer, got on designer's first project, $400 that he got paid for that beat. And I asking me, yo, what should I do about the publishing and stuff like that? And I'm like... Yo, this is what you should do. This is how it should be laid out. You want to keep that money because, hey, he paid you $400 for that beat. And imagine that beat goes and does 50,000 streams on YouTube, on um, Spotify. Excellent. It does numbers on YouTube. It goes all, it blows up. And you only walk away with $400. And now he's eating off of everything because you didn't keep a part of what you own, mm-hmm. a part of the publishing. You know, And it only takes that one song. One song. And it could be yours. It could. And... You never know, man. I mean, now, now the kid is um, he got a he went platinum for culture too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. went platinum. Now working working with designer led him to go and platinum with culture too, and a drop with that. And even with him with that, it was like it was a big thing because at first Amigos didn't give him the credit for the beat. 
Like they used his beat right, 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 and right. Offset, you know, took the beat from him or whatever. He sent it to Offset, um, but they didn't give him credit at first or whatever. And he still had to hunt him down and be like, "Yo, give me my credit for my beat. Pay me up for the beat." Like. I sent you this pack, but you ain't do you know do what you're supposed to do, and that's what happens a lot of times with these producers, you know. And then, Chasson gets big, and then you got to get into lawsuits, but mm-hmm. you didn't blow up that much, so their lawyers can pour out as much money as they want. But and then broke. this shit on you, you know what and I mean? Like, some bedroom producer who's just trying to make it. And some niggas do do that to get their name out mm-hmm. because that could also bring awareness some sort of way. Like, oh, there's this producer doing this, but. You just got to make sure your paperwork is right, man. Always make sure your paperwork is right. Always make sure your right. paperwork is right. Oh, the, the first thing as any in any business you're trying to, to start is definitely find legal counsel. When it's no matter what you're doing, from music to your starting a mom and pop business, always find legal counsel because the lawyers, one, are the plugs because they work with people from every industry. Exactly. So they can help you go somewhere to the level where you want to go, For especially in music. Once you got the right lawyer, they can introduce you to the right people. You know why? Because they talk to other lawyers who handle other contracts, who can get you in a room with the people that you want to talk to. Uh, with that, they look out for you. They tell you, like, hey, you're paying me, but I'm going to give you 100%. Like, hey, this is what you should do. This contract may not be the best deal for you. You know what I mean? Facts. Maybe you should relook at it. Maybe, you know, we should get more out of it. I believe in what you have. You know, we need more out of this, you know? Have somebody who is not a part of your circle. And like you said to me today, you know, you don't need yes men. You need you know? what men. You need what men. You know what I'm saying? Nah, yeah, man. And um, and also another thing, only your friends can betray you. Your only friends. Yeah, wow. never. Judas uh, Iscariot, you know? Shit. Betrayed Jesus, man. And with that, man... Uh, I think I think we're like at forty minutes right now. Probably um, this is probably way more than you're gonna listen to. But that shit was beautiful, bro. That it was a great was, great dialogue. Great flow, great flow. Uh, we got some shit coming up. Uh, First guest coming up loading soon. Twenty third, right? Uh, yeah, uh, we should that's be. That's the plan. That's the plan. We'll confirm soon, but yeah, first guest. Or, I mean, for this season. For the season, yeah. A friend of ours, you'll see who it is, and entrepreneur himself. Yes. Um, definitely gonna have a lot of gems. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Good, good times. Um, follow us on Instagram um, at Mogul Talk Podcast. We have a Twitter now. It's Mogul Talk Pod. Um, you can stream the episodes every week from We Are Roundtable. Yeah. We Are Roundtable.com. For us, by us, bro. And then if you don't want to go on our website, we understand. But you can also get that shit on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Swag. Um, Type in Mogul Talk. It's, it comes up. Right King there. Jewels in the sauce. And um, you already know. This is the sauce. Anything else? Nah, nothing else. That's it. We'll be back next week. Uh, let us know what you think. New flicks coming. Oh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, we love yeah. y'all. This is King Jewels. This is, this is the sauce. And this is Mogul Talk. Peace.